Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This week, it's the book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. My name is Jimmy, and Dan and Jeff talked me into Homestar Runner driving back from Wizard World Philly in 2009. My name is Jeff, and my first pet was a rabbit called Alice, named after the titular character of the late 70s, early 80s sitcom, Alice. My name is Dan, and I once accidentally electrocuted myself reaching for a bowl of pudding in a refrigerator with faulty wiring. <laughs> was this the 1880s? No, this was like... Um, <laughs> Last prob- month. No, probably like 18 years ago. How? Where was the wire hanging from? I've never once encountered any bulb? sort of electric... I, there wasn't a physical wire hang- hanging. There was a wire that was sh- like shorted inside the top of the refrigerator between like the wall between the refrigerator and the freezer. And uh, when I was reaching over like a pitcher of lemonade to grab pudding, my arm touched that top and I was electrocuted. I fell on the ground and everything. Part of the problem was that it wasn't just like something wrong with the refrigerator because everyone had used that refrigerator. And the problem was it's down here in my basement and I was for some reason just being lazy and sort of holding on to one of the support columns in the basement so i had grounded myself <laughs> this is, i i almost like i'm glad you're alive but had you died that would have been the thing. coolest story ever it was a serious electrocution i fell on the ground and everything mm, wow. never, it wasn't just like a shock i was so like i have to, I have to my ask teeth you, were rattling yeah. was the pudding worth it i dropped the pudding oh no <laughs> so was it in the glass bowl no, but it just like sort of like slopped everywhere and no, I didn't really get to eat any of it. No, no. Okay, so didn't really get to eat any of it, and meaning the, you did eat part of the ground pudding. No, no. Just I didn't the eat. surface that didn't I was so freaked out. I was probably like 13 years old and I came running up the stairs like crying and I was like shaking and my mouth was like bloody from biting down so much. And I told my dad and he was like, you're all right. I was I like, I was just electrocuted. Brian. He was like, it couldn't have been that bad. I have a couple stories about electrocution kind of like that. But the weirdest, dumbest one is one time when I was like 10. People do weird thing. They have weird OCDs and weird ticks. There was a lamp in my room where mm. the bulb burned out. So we took the bulb out, unplugged it and like put it to the side. And for some reason, like I wanted to see if you can get electrocuted by touching the inside of the lamp without it being plugged in. That's I was like, smart. I wonder if electricity gets stuck here. So I did it and nothing happened. And then it was a habit. Whenever I walked by, I put my finger in it. I don't know why. It was just a thing. Why like, didn't you ever replace the bulb? I had there was there was like ceiling a ceiling light this is just like a it was desk before lamp. the dr thunder shade so then one day after weeks of me just fingering this lamp oh god my mom plugged it in thinking that there was a bulb in it and i touched it and i like my hand went flying back and yeah it really hurt i didn't fall on the ground but like it was stupid yeah i did something similar too i wasn't as dumb as that but i was changing a light bulb and i electrocuted myself it wasn't inside though it was like on the side it was like a 
a faulty wire or something. But yeah. Huh. Great. We're all alive living in the world of Tesla <laughs> and Edison. Yeah. Jimmy, do we have any podcast reviews, ratings, emails, tweets, any of that good stuff? Oh, we do. We have a review from probably one of our biggest fans. Oh. So um, this is a review from my dad, Sean. Oh, it's cute. I wish my parents listened to my podcast. <laughs> I'm what bring what it does up. he say? I'll be the dad with the five-star review. Guess what? Take that four-star, Brian. Great show. Love the interaction between all three. Like the personal talking yourselves into stuff. Keep it up. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, five-star dad for the win. We also got an email this week from my dad, four-star Brian, who is obviously upset with that nickname. <laughs> he writes... Just listen to the Big Little Lies podcast. Great episode. Five stars. Lots of great comments. And to me, a surprise ending as I thought Jeff would be a yes and Jimmy a no. But it was quite the opposite. As a big fan of both, I really enjoyed this episode. Keep up the good work. So he is wow. fighting to get out of that four-star Brian moniker. He's going to have to fight a little harder. You think so? He dug himself pretty deep. Jimmy, where do you stand? Do we get rid of the four-star Brian name? No, give us a couple more emails. Oh, we'll talk. Yeah. I think we're going to have to leave it up to the listeners. Okay. Do you think, let us know, email us, talk me into at gmail.com. Shoot us a tweet at talk me into should four star Brian become a five star dad. Let us know. Okay, fellas time of the episode where i like it I'm, I'm liking it more and more every episode yeah it's the time of the episode where we take a moment to describe something we've been talking ourselves into um this is just it could be anything it could be something fun something in pop culture something in self-help I, i'm trying to do something um to help my wallet okay this week i'm talking myself into cutting expenses okay yeah like i i was doing budgeting too yeah, yeah. so this is a little bit different than what you were saying because uh I, i've hit some lean weeks uh between some high cost events such as going on vacation and getting tattooed, uh, things are getting tight, and I've decided to tighten tighten the belt a little bit. Okay, I like this. I like the metaphor. It's good. Yeah. So I'm not going to cut out major expenditures. I'm not going to like change my entire lifestyle. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to limit. I'm going to cut out some little things. Mm -hmm. So some things I'm sad to see go. Some things I'm not really missing too much. But I started to notice that every month I had. These little debits, $5 here, $10 here, $15 And they hit here. you when you least expect it. Uh -huh. And they add up. So when you start to eliminate them, you're like, mm, $10 for Netflix, you know, that's not going to kill me. But when these things start to compile, it starts to add up to a significant amount. So, you know, I've talked to you guys personally. Uh, yeah. We're going to start recalibrating some of the things that, that we pay for. Like we share some services. We're going to chip in for them. Um, I sadly had to eliminate my AMC A-list. I just wasn't using it enough. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it just happened this week. Uh, mm. I was sad, but when I looked through my history, I was only going to the movies about once a month right now, mm. and it just wasn't worth it. So we'll see. If it steps back up, it's something I would consider renewing in the future. But um, yeah, I cut that out. Um, just a couple little things like that. I don't know if you guys have gone through this, but... I just got to clean, clean up that Dude, checking I'm, account. I'm telling you, man, I told you this personally. I'm going to tell the audience, get rid of cable, get rid of satellite. You're not missing that much. 
Well, I it's called so much cheaper options out there. I called DirecTV to do just that, and when they found out that I was going to be looking into canceling, they cut my bill in more than half. So, see, that's good. So, yeah. is that like limited? I or, really didn't have to give up anything that I cared about. I gave no, I up, meant like, is it like, oh, for the next six months? It's locked in for twelve months, so we'll yeah, see. Yeah, but like that. even that, even just making that call, that's good. You eliminated half oh, yeah. of your budget. Mm-hmm. So then, if it gets bad in the future, like you don't, I know you like sports and stuff, but there's other alternatives that are cheaper. Like instead of paying, I don't know what you pay, but it's probably expensive. I don't pay anything for sports. Okay, well, I mean, in general, just for yeah. dish or whatever. No, it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I did yeah, hear I'm some good you. news that i'm excited about for the future uh disney plus is something that i will be bullied into getting because oh yeah i care about the marvels and the star warses and all that uh but i did hear at a recent television event they announced that um they will be offering a disney plus add-on to an existing hulu subscription oh i didn't know that. but that's usually about the same price uh, we'll see. You just use the Hulu app to access mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I like think if you, they if insinuated you that it would be a little bit of a Hulu, discount. You're paying the same price as you would for HBO, but you're just using the one app. Yeah, yeah. that's but the we'll same see. as Showtime as well. We'll, see. we'll check that out. But uh, yeah, so tightening up the belt. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into? I'm talking myself into a musical act, Ooh. which I've been aware of and enjoyed a little bit over the years. Dan, I'm sure everybody knows uh, who this person is. Willie Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, familiar with some of his big hits, familiar with the Highwaymen. He was in a super group, but um, he just came out with a new album, Ride Me Back Home. And, uh, you know, I've listened to uh, he, he came out with an album called Django and Me uh, a couple years ago that I really liked. And I don't know, like with Spotify, it's so easy because Willie Nelson's in his 80s. He just released his 69th studio album. That's oof, crazy. Which is Ride Me Back Home. Um and it's so easy now to just go on Spotify and you have access to his entire musical career. And I've just been like going back, listening to a lot of old stuff, listening to a lot of new stuff. And I've noticed that throughout his career, he's consistent. His music is always of a high quality. And there's not many songs that are not many albums that are just like you can skip over entire eras, like even bands we like, like Bob Dylan, you're like, yeah, you could skip over this 15 year period. Mm-hmm. But like Willie Nelson. He's solid, dude, and he's still bringing it, man. He's He does crazy stuff, too. He just did a Frank Sinatra cover album last year. That's wild. <laughs> Bob Dylan did that, too. That's a weird yeah, coincidence. It's called My Way. Like, he's he's still got it, man. I actually bought uh, Ride Me Back Home on vinyl. I liked it so much. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Jeff, you were always on my mind. I understand that reference now. Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into? So this week, I am talking myself into um, reorganizing to move. Because I am, move. I'm looking to move out of home and move closer to work. Bump, bump, ba <laughs> Yes, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's a so big, big moment in your life. It is a big moment. Um, so what I basically did was I noticed my bookshelf was breaking apart. Um, it was oh. a, it was a crappy bookshelf. Um, that I got from an ex girlfriend. I was like, bring it getting rid of it anyways um, yeah you show that bookshelf yeah so um i started taking stuff down I, I went and got a bunch of uh uh what are they called like big uh totes totes yeah yeah i got my some goats. some big totes to put um all my media stuff in so it's books movies games all that um so I did all that and reorganized and moved my bedroom a little, around a little bit. And it's so much cleaner and nicer than it was. Just felt like too claustrophobic. Um, but 
it's good to be in that kind of state of mind too because i hate when i have a messy room i feel like so disorganized Mm. so um i'm happy that i feel a little bit better now but yes next time hopefully i'm looking into uh getting a new apartment so this is great for a couple reasons like the first reason is independence yes right and just like it's a big t- it's like your first time on your own yeah well i mean you Since might you'll have roommates whatever yeah but like that's cool in itself but like also moving is an awesome opportunity to just like call your life of all the crap that you don't want mm-hmm. oh like yeah dan, I also... dan helped me move uh last time yeah. and a lot of times i, I threw well <laughs> yeah but uh my last huge move i threw out a lot and i also i already lost my security so i just left a lot of stuff there <laughs> yeah um, you did. but like i just i got rid of a lot of just crap that i don't need in my life yeah. it feels so good to not have that i got rid of two garbage bags worth of clothes as well so wow yeah. that's a lot of clothes yeah so yeah, cool. that's what I did. And uh, I was talking myself into it, and I did, and it was successful, and hopefully I could talk myself into moving. Awesome, yeah. man. Good luck. Thank you. We're just so happy and positive on this show. <laughs> okay, fellas. Oh, boy. So, Noise. He's taking it over. So... I want to talk you guys into a, another coming of age story. Um, I do really like those. So. This is Jimmy's bag. It, yeah, I don't know. It's it's something about that. I'm, I I would say even the movie I'm writing now is kind of a coming of age story. Um, so this is a book called The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which is written by Stephen Chobosky. Oh. No, um, who also wrote and directed the film version as well. Is he wow. related to Robin Shabatsky from How I Met Your Mother? The yes. character. Yes, okay. I believe so. Is he so. related or the heir of the Chobani yogurt franchise? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay, so um, I don't remember a ton about this book because I haven't read it in probably five years. So I why say. are you trying to talk us into <laughs> Because you're not pitching your case well. I this remember, is your moment on the floor to tell us why we should like it. And you don't even remember it. I just have a really bad memory. Okay. I don't remember books. Um, but this book was published in February 1999. Um, it's about a kid who's basically struggling through high school. I, I believe he's 15 at the time, and um, he's struggling with um, identity, and um, uh, he's also mourning the loss of his aunt, Helen, who had uh, just passed away, and he's meeting some people in high school who he be- becomes friends with. And uh, one of those person, one of those people, is uh, portrayed by Emma Watson, which was a big reason why I stopped. I started reading the book because I wanted to see the movie. You um, were like turning the page, and you heard somebody talk about the trailer, and you yeah. threw and the you book just across threw the room. it, and you're like, <laughs> "I don't want to read about her. I want to see her, Miney, in this no, movie." Not quite. Um, I do really like uh, Emma Watson, so I was like, you know, I'm gonna pick up this book. Might as well read it. Um. But yeah, I really liked the book. I remember thinking that it was probably one of the most important books that I read at the time. And um, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to talk a lot about the plot because one, I don't remember that much about it, but I want you guys to talk about it and read it and have it be an experience for you guys. Without spoilers, mm-hmm. what would you say sets this apart from other coming of age stories that you like, like Edge of 17, Lady Bird, Eighth Grade, other things we've talked about on the show or that we might know? Um, I believe it's just the reality of the situations. Like it, it feels very, very realistic. Okay. And, um, 
Um, also very, um, uh, I'm trying to Emma Watson. <laughs> no, it's not very Emma Watson, but, uh, oh, very relatable. I would say just feeling like a kid who's like at a party and not really sure how to talk to people or, or why people are doing the things they're doing and being a wallflower basically. So this is the coming of age story for the loser. Yeah, okay. I would say so. And we were all kind of nerdy kids growing up. Um, yeah, I would have been a wallflower if I went to dances. Yeah. Oh, man. So I have a really sad story, if you'd like to hear. Yeah. About being a wallflower, which I don't even know was the term at the time. Um, Jimmy, I think you went to Hillside. Yes, I did. School. We all went to the same middle school uh, a few years apart. Many. Uh, yeah, like Dan started after I had already left. Um, so I don't know. There was a teacher there. His name is Mr. Shithy for all the Naugatuck yes. listeners right now. You might know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Still kicking. And he was also a DJ because <laughs> you're a teacher. That's what you do. And they would put on these sock hops, they call them. So every now and then, like towards the end of the day, he would <laughs> go up on the stage in the gym, play some music. All yeah. the kids, they would just dance. Have, it's like a little party, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the week, it's really fun. Uh, Dante and I, who were friends in middle school, who have talked about a lot on the show, uh, very good friend of mine all these years. Uh, we were there and we were sitting on the wall in the back of the gym, sad that girls didn't like us. <laughs> and then, uh, he asked me if you should go ask this girl to dance. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you definitely should. You know, talking him up because we're just two wallflowers <laughs> hanging out there. And he gets up and he goes over to this girl and, uh, she was nice. And uh, he asked her to dance, and she very politely let him down. And he was really <laughs> sad, and in turn, I was sad. And he came back over and sat down on the wall with me, and we didn't say anything about it. We were just sad together. Two wallflowers. Yeah. I also liked the band, The Wallflowers. And there were no perks to it, except for being <laughs> sad without girlfriends. Oh, geez, Louise. So, Jeff, have you ever seen the movie that this is based on? I that know that it's a movie. That's it. I know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Never seen it. I now know that Emma Watson is in it. Yeah, I knew uh, I didn't that. Know it was a book. I know nothing about it. I, the name just sounds familiar. Yeah, I knew it was a movie with Emma Watson, but I've never seen it, and I don't know anything about the plot or anything. Well, I guess you guys will have to read it. Uh, it's a pretty short book. Bork. <laughs> it's a pretty <laughs> short book. The Bork is short. <laughs> Bork and Bindi. Um, it's about, uh, it's a little over 220 pages, so it's not too bad. Pretty quick read. I remember reading it in like a day, maybe two. And that's why I didn't retain it, apparently. Um, but I remember really liking it. So Yeah, I recommended that you guys check out Animal Farm, which is one of the classics of literary history. And Jeff and Jimmy have recommended books from the children's department of the li library. Animorphs is a lifestyle? <laughs> so... There's that as well. That's yeah. true. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it'll be good. I I'm hope gonna, so. I hope I can blast through it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, if you don't want to either, I'm sure there's uh, audiobooks as well. Ooh, smart. So um, if you want to keep up with us, you can read or listen to The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, very accessible. You can get it at your local library. Go get it on Amazon Prime. I found out my wife has a copy and has read it, so I'll be reading hers. Go marry somebody and hope that <laughs> yeah. they own the copy of the Find Perks of Being a Wallflower. Find true love, yeah. not yeah. at a sock hop. Yeah. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the entirety of The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Jeff. Yes. I have a question for okay, you. Okay, I will answer it. Do you like to have long hair? Not really. 
No. Not a hippie. No. Do you like to have um, a long, ungainly, scraggly beard? No, nobody wants that. Okay, I don't like either of those things either. I mean, I can't grow a beard, but if I could, I wouldn't want that. You've tried. Yeah, it was bad. So, I think me and you have something in common. Do we? We go to probably the best barbershop around in our local area. Yes. What is it called? Barbershop 1049. That's right. Barbershop 1049 in Southington, Connecticut, right on Queen Street, conveniently located 1049 Queen Street. Wow, that's... What a coincidence. It's easy to remember. It is a full-service barbershop that caters to all your hairdressing hygiene needs. Yeah. I see Ben, and I believe you do as well. On your recommendation. Yeah. And they also have Tyler and new barber, Felipe. And they are providing, like, every service you can think of when it comes to... I get a haircut. I get a beard shape up. Yeah. got a shampoo last time. I've gotten hot towel shaves, all the straight razor finishes that you're looking for that a lot of the smaller salons can't provide. They hook you up there. They focus on you. The shop is cool. It's clean. It's calming. You go in there. They got some nice music playing. You get a nice cut, nice shape up, shave, and you're out the door at a reasonable price. The last haircut I got was on my way to an interview. And I got the job, and I attribute it to my very dapper haircut. And I paid for you to get a haircut and a beard shave for your wedding. You did. And you're still married. I am still married. It's going great. All of my wedding photos have that haircut in them. So I would say that Barbershop 1049 has been 100% successful at keeping your life in order. They've changed my life. So if you want to get your life in order, you need to check out Barbershop 1049. You can find them online at barbershop1049.com. They have a really convenient way to book your appointments online. You stroll in, you get your cut, you're out the door. Yeah, I just booked one. Yeah, I just got a haircut. It looks great. Yeah, thank you. They even shaved the part out. Yeah. The the, the attention to detail oh, yeah. is second to none. So make sure if you're looking for a great haircut, a great shave beard trim any of those things edge up you check out barbershop 1049 in southington connecticut tell them you heard about it from this podcast talk me into because it'll make us look good and they'll make you look good all right fellows yeah did i do it right (laughs) yeah close enough okay i'm trying to get this catchphrase going yeah Jimmy has, if you feel so inclined, you have okay fellows. So, you're, so I'm doing all right fellows. It's not fellows, it's fellows. No, mine is all right fellows. Okay. We're going to stick with that? Sure. The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Is a book. That we read and or listened to. I listened to it on Audible. I read it from a library. <clears throat> so I really sucked in the beginning of this episode because I didn't remember anything from it. Yeah. So right. I'm going to give a few points as to why I really like it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I sucked and I just have a crap memory. You also left out a major thing, which I was very shocked when I began reading yeah, the book. Yeah, because I, I totally forgot about it, is that this, I did talk about it on the last episode because we just recorded that. Yeah. Um, but we uh, i forgot to mention that this book is entirely written as a letter or multiple letters to an unknown receiver basically yeah um it's an i don't know how to pronounce it epistolary epistolary sure. that sounds about right yeah you don't have to pretend you know words <laughs> i just read it on wikipedia right so i really like this book because to me this is um it's stupid personal to me um charlie and i are basically the same person in, in a lot of these situations really 
Uh, a lot of well let's get to those because that's very interesting because charlie's not a person that i could see you being uh i feel like that person a lot i don't Uh, act like that person so he's a spirit animal i I would say so okay um this is gonna be an interesting one yeah i didn't expect that having known that information now well uh, mm, mm, we'll get into that but um um so yeah I, i did touch upon that this is writing letters to an unknown um person and um that's what that's basically why the the author wrote it that way is that he can be very personal to a i don't know he's he's basically writing in a diary but not really yeah um the friendships i feel are probably the most genuine friendships i i could feel like in a piece of uh fiction i would say um i felt it was very uh genuine i guess I could see a lot of myself in Charlie, um, always allowing others to come before first before himself um, and not ever taking action. Um, but I definitely feel like I'm better now. And uh, it's, it's definitely something that I had to like overcome, I would say. Yeah. And in all those stays at the mental hospital, like Charlie probably helped too, right? Yeah. Those were, <laughs> those were fine. Um, well, we should say we are going to be spoiling. Yes, we are book. going to. Yes, sorry for that huge spoiler at the end, but it's fine. Actually, we no, could he be talking about it early on. Yeah. That he spent some time in a mental hospital. Yeah. Um. So I guess we can go through the plot. Uh, All right, Dan let, and Jeff. Let's get into it. So this this book is divided into four parts. Yes. So I didn't take note chapter by chapter. Some of the chapters are really small. I just kind of did it in the parts because we'll they're just, not really chapters. No, they're letters. Right. We'll yeah. go in. Uh, we'll go in chronological order, but we're not going to divide everything up. Yeah. Um. So we're throwing right into things right at the beginning with um in 1991 when Charlie is in middle school. Uh, they learn of a suicide of one of his peers Mm -hmm. and it's kind of setting setting a tone for at least this first section of the book so it's it's really depressing because like i mean when when that happens at any age it's shocking but when you're that young and you're you're still becoming yourself it takes a toll on a lot of people and different people react in different ways like Mm -hmm. he talks about some other friends reacted as if nothing really happened Mm -hmm. um some people took it harder Mm -hmm. than others and later on in the book um this isn't a focus of the book but it does come up a few times um like later on he's like did anybody remember him yeah what was Mm -hmm. the point of any of this i think the michael character who's the one jeff alluded to that killed himself is sort of there to hold a mirror up to charlie yeah. and see like a look at what charlie could be and what what he thinks the how the rest of the world would react if he was to die or disappear yeah there's also a theme of him loving the movie um damn why can't i remember nouns it's a wonderful life yeah there's a theme of him loving the movie it's a wonderful life yeah which is about a character who considers suicide and is shown a vision of what the world would be like without him. So I think there's a lot of that in Charlie. Yeah. Whether it, he comes out and actually says it, he's definitely considering how would people react to me not being around. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, you can you can continue on. Yeah, we're we're introduced to a slew of characters. Um, he is the youngest of three siblings. His sister is the middle sibling, and his older brother is the football star. He's going to Penn State. Yeah. And he's playing you know, college football on TV and his sister's, you know, kind of popular. It's pretty girl. And he's just this, like he's, he's going into freshman year in college or in high school. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing this transition, which is huge for some people. Um, 
And eventually he we meet his teacher who he just calls Bill, which I thought was cool because we've all had that teacher where oh, yeah, we're very yeah. friendly with. Uh, for myself, I don't know about Dan. It was a young teacher, Miss King. She was real cool. Mm-hmm. She was like 24. And, you know, yeah. we all have that teacher. Yeah. We wrote yeah. A, uh, our friend Adam wrote a song about her <laughs> called Goodbye, Caroline, because her name was Caroline. <laughs> it was very touching. So it also to talk about the relationship he has with this teacher, which seems to be a little bit more special than the average student. It seems I mean, it became pretty clear right away that Charlie is a little awkward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He has a hard time socializing. His inner monologue is sort of all over the place and he has a hard time confronting his emotions and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. I started questioning pretty early on in the novel whether he was autistic. Me too. I actually wrote that down about mm. two bullet points ahead. So I, I don't think he, I think as the story unfolds, you realize he's not really autistic. He has no, some, he, he's just going through some shit. Yeah. He has some mental health issues, but it's yeah. definitely deep enough in his personality traits that it affects his entire like worldview and yeah. and things like that. Yeah. But yeah, so uh like Jeff said, he's a little disassociated. He's in this family, but he doesn't feel great like at school. His one of his only friends has just committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has no friends essentially. Yeah, so um he decides to try to engage in the school by attending a football game, and that's when he meets Sam and Patrick. Correct. Who are Half brother and sister, I believe. Step brothers, step brother and sister. sister. Yep. And they're like in the in the stands, and I think what attracts him to them is that they're being very genuine. Yeah. Most people there are sort of there just to hang out or to talk to friends. They're like really engaged in the game, and they're like shouting and like getting into it and stuff. Yeah. Which I think he appreciates the honesty. Yeah. Uh, I think he did meet Patrick once. Um, they were in shop class together. And uh, everybody calls oh, him nobody. Right. Yeah. Um, because, nothing. yeah, he, he'd rather be called... Nothing. Nothing, yeah. Um, Not to be confused with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles character, nobody. Oh, yeah. Okay. We then shortly find out that uh, Patrick is... I don't know if he's in a relationship or if he's just uh, seeing a, a gentleman in the school, Brad. Yeah, who's also a football player. He's a football yeah, player, yeah. and they are both very closeted. Uh, as it is 1991, and I mean, still today, yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. And they're teenagers, and yeah. Brad is dealing with the pressures of, you know, heteronormative uh, sports teams and things like that. So, and later, are you trying to parents, tell me yeah. that there is toxic masculinity in team sports? Could be, Lots. could be. Um, and Charlie starts to fall for Sam. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is the part where. I had the same question Dan did about maybe somewhere in the spectrum because mm-hmm. um, he he tells Sam of a sex dream he had of her. Yeah. And thought it was pretty weird uh, to just say that. And then. Yeah, I yeah. think I think Sam and Patrick are clear that Charlie's awkward, too. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think they know that. And they um, I mean, we should say also. That I've never seen the movie. I don't think Jeff I has either. either. I don't even know. Like, I assume that Sam is played by Emma Watson. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I'm sh- I'm sure that the movie, because the book lives in Charlie's inner monologue, uh, and you're seeing everything through his point of view, you don't get a lot of. He's not aware what people think of him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so I'm curious 
if I was to be talked into it and if I was to watch the movie, mm-hmm. one of the things I wondered while reading this is how other characters react to him. Okay. I thought about yeah. that several times thinking about how it translated because I know that the author had something like a huge part to do with the movie too. He directed and, and wrote the Yeah, screenplay. so it's his yeah. entire vision. So yeah. I, I was very curious throughout reading this book how mm. that translated to the screen. But there's also a part when they were talking about masturbation mm. and as a freshman in high school, he seems to like know absolutely nothing yeah. about any sort of sexual activity. And I think that's a little too late because people, especially our age and up, tend to forget that like humans are sexual beings and it starts around that age. Maybe yeah, but a little it, earlier. It, it just seems like he knows nothing because even in like middle school, you know, I was this this book is Charlie's eight years older than me. Like if you do the math. Right. So it's not that much time. And like. Even in middle school, we knew about like boners and stuff. <laughs> I agree that he's naive, but one thing I'll say in the book's defense is that he had no peer group. It's pretty yeah. clear that like this guy Michael was quote unquote his friend, but even that was pretty limited, like how much they discussed yeah. things with each other. You got to imagine like everything everything you learned was from talking to like a group of kids probably true. in a middle school. I don't know how much Charlie did that. This is pretty internet. Yeah. But we also get internet. Yeah, we get pretty early on um, that Sam has some issues in her past as well. Um, it's alluded to the fact that she was abused as a kid. Something was going on in her past that was uh, not quite. Yeah, right. I, I think I do vaguely remember that. Yeah, and um, shortly after this uh, interaction with Sam, she says, "You know, I'm too old for you. This can't work out." Yeah, and, I don't want you to think of me like that. Right, is what she says, and that comes up a lot later. But he's developing this crush, which I think is the most relatable at this point. Yep, that yeah. you can be to Charlie. Anybody can be because we've all had crushes at that age, and we didn't really know how to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has a story about a party that his older brother threw when he was younger, and he was in his room locked away, and he witnessed a date rape, which was. Yeah. So this part I understand more because you're very young and you don't know any of the stuff that's happening. And it was just I, I listened to it, but listening to it was very, very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, he uh, I, like I said, I think it sort of builds into his naive naivete. I'm, I'm not pronouncing it. <laughs> he was very naive. Yes. And he didn't really know what was going on, but something inside him knew that it was not right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, the the early part of the book is really just about the foundation of this right. friendship mm-hmm. and getting to to know them more. Um, Sam and Patrick are into Rocky Horror Picture Show, and they attend, like, screenings and, like, reenactments of that, which is pretty fun, pretty funny to read because... You've I've gone to a bunch yeah, of Yeah, I've Sam. taken part in that, and now whole I've only gone to one recently because uh, Dan dragged my wife there because she likes that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dragged his wife. Dragged, yeah. yes. <laughs> But it was pretty fun, and you can imagine that at this day and age, obviously they had a, a more thriving community. They were doing it on a weekly basis, so that was pretty impressive. Yeah, and that's how we meet um, Mary Alice, I believe is her Mary name, Mary Elizabeth. Mary and, Elizabeth. And right before that is when, um, just because this does, it's the first time doing it. Charlie gets high at a party for the first time. Yeah, and we start to see him like opening up his horizons a little bit. Yeah, a lot as of he interacts drugs, with this group, chain smoking. Mm-hmm. drinking um another thing that happens at this point is um charlie sees an interaction between his sister and her boyfriend yes yes that's 
pretty unhealthy pretty, as well. Pretty brutal. Yeah, I forget what they're arguing about, but something uh, stupid that doesn't matter. Yeah, and uh, the boyfriend basically slaps his sister across the face. Yeah, and his sister is definitely like into female empowerment and wants to like stand on her own two feet and ha- is very opinionated. And she just took it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the way she reacts shows that this isn't the first time it's happened. Mm. I don't know that. I think really the way she reacted. That's how I react. Was more along the line of like she was surprised. But deep down inside, she was so insecure that even though she puts up this big blustery front, deep down, she was she was willing to accept it because she didn't have the self-esteem to realize that she didn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. I could see that, too. But it, it kind of informs um, Charlie's relationship with his sister going forward. And then we meet uh, Craig, who is an older gentleman, I think in early 20s. He's 21 is, because he can buy wine. Yeah, or, yeah. Did I say early or older? I meant to say early. Um, who is dating Sam. Yes. We should also say that Sam and Patrick are older than Charlie. Yeah, yeah because that would be senior. weird if yeah, she was so a freshman. They, yeah, yeah they're, a sen- they're seniors yep. and he's a freshman, so, which I also find super relatable too because I was always friends with the older kids. Too. Oh, yeah. There's moments in this we'll get into at the end, but that reminded me a lot of my friendship with like Jeff and people in his grade because mm-hmm. I was two years younger. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time in this book talking about uh, Thanksgiving with his family. I think they spent too much time. Um, I agree. They they talked about his grandpa and how he's kind of racist. And it's like, yeah, like I get it. That's how a lot of grandpas are, unfortunately. Um, but a, a I think lo- it, was, it was so long. And a lot of the stuff I don't think really matters in the end of it. Like in retrospect, um, a lot of it didn't need to be in there. Yeah, I mean... Definitely the stuff with his immediate family is important. Yes. And I get why they want to connect to um, some other things in the future, but some of his wider reaching family that shows up on holidays, it it just felt excessive to me, especially like when they talk about the cousins and who's driving who home and all that stuff. I think it's supposed to um, try and connect it to because we didn't even talk about his aunt Helen too, which had passed away um who, yeah who's a obviously a, a huge character in this this book and she's not even alive for any of it right uh, i'm not gonna I'm, we're gonna get there but i didn't even take any notes about his aunt helen because mm-hmm. i was i didn't think that it was that important i was like okay this is just uh an older family member that he talked to well sometimes i mean they started to hint for hint early in the book that he had a special relationship with her and that she had passed away and and then things sort of leak out gradually throughout the novel that you find out um, she died in a car accident as she was going out to buy him Christmas presents, I think. so Christmas present and a birthday present. Right, because his birthday his is birthday. on Christmas Eve. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely part of the background that affects him along with the death of his friend Michael. And I don't think that's immediately recognizable while you're reading this. Yes, mm-hmm. But I agree. in retrospect, yes, I see that. But dur- at the time, I didn't really mm-hmm. see it. And I forgot about her until he started talking about her again. Yeah. Um. So the year progresses on, and Mary Elizabeth invites Charlie to the Sadie Hawkins dance, which I don't think we had at our school. I think you skipped a lot. I did? I think so. I, well, I have a few things. Say that- it um the whole secret santa thing and how he made these like very personal uh gifts for patrick like he made a, oh, a yeah. mixtape for patrick because he was patrick's secret santa and he put a lot of effort into it and that kind of shows that he's a good friend 
and he really he cares about his friends probably more than he cares about even some of his family members because he puts so much time into these and in the book he describes every single song every single band mm-hmm. he goes through the whole entire track list why he picked these songs specifically for patrick his yeah, good friend it's interesting that um he's very socially awkward but he seems to have like a deeper connection to his emotions than a lot of his peers so he's mm-hmm. able to like with these gifts or some of the things he says to them he's able to make a deeper connection than your average you know 14 year old 15 year old kid and yeah. i i think what you said is true like that's one of the reasons why the bond with patrick and sam is so strong because they're willing to put up with his foibles and his weird idiosyncrasies because they know that deep down he has a strong connection to them and right. every once in a while he does something that expresses that and and uh the big thing that happened here is uh sam gave him a typewriter as the gift which is very nice because he likes to write but she also tells charlie that she loves him Mm. and then she says that um she wants her first kiss wasn't by somebody that she loved and this is when you get into yeah other things that have been mentioned and alluded to before Mm -hmm. and she wanted charlie's first kiss to be by somebody who loves him and she kissed him yeah. And this was a huge turning point. And this was this really like got to me because that was the most emotional thing I think I've seen so far. And it's, you know, very relatable. First kiss is a huge deal. Yeah. For a lot of people. Yeah, it was um, it was it was emotional and moving, but it was also kind of frustrating to me because obviously Charlie has strong feelings for her. Yes. And we start to see that between the two of them, they just obviously feel strongly for each other, but they can't get it together. But that's real. It that, is. That's why I like it. That's why it's frustrating because exactly. I've been in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure everybody has. And also around Christmas, they you meet his dad's side of the family. Again, I thought that it was it was a lot. Um, <laughs> but you do see that there's a history of abuse in his dad's side of the family. And they get really into it. But like his his grandmother was abused. There was, you know, pretty much a manslaughter. <laughs> Uh, against his yeah. father's stepfather. Yeah. Um just a, a lot of a lot of history of abuse that you know it, it's is it generational is it Well and I think it informs the way that um Charlie's dad parents um mm-hmm. he, he's sort of standoffish. He's taken a step away emotionally. Like he's there and he's a, he's a great dad, but he's not willing to let himself get to an emotional level with his kids. And you see in moments his reaction when he gets very angry, he like sort of shuts down Mm -hmm. because he's not willing to go down that path of abuse. And he did hit Charlie once too. And that basically was like, oh, nope, never doing that again. Yeah. Uh, So then we move on to part three. This is where Dan was talking about. It's um, it's 1992 now. I think it's like early 1992. Mm -hmm. And um, Mary Elizabeth asked him to the Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah, and then they they start um they go on their first date, they go to the dance or whatever and and she just asks him all these questions and stuff like that and he's just not sure what to do. So, uh before that, he does talk to Sam and ask ask her basically like what am I supposed to do? And then she says, "Make sure you compliment her outfit because she can choose that because if you just tell her she's pretty, she can't change that." So, yeah. Um I thought that was And well, most importantly, she tells him to like ask a lot of questions and don't interrupt yeah. and Yeah, yeah. That's basically, exactly what he does. Yeah. To his detriment because yeah. I don't think he's really interested in Mary Elizabeth no. from no. the start. 
but he feels like this is something that he should do because she's nice and stuff. So yeah, he, he ends up starting this relationship with her that's based on basically being like a yes man. Yep. Mary Elizabeth just talks and talks and talks about everything. Yeah, he sees her as just self-absorbed, and then he starts yeah. liking her less over time. Yeah. I, th- I think he likes her as a friend, but through the course of this interaction, there's like a level of resentment that builds. Yeah. And it comes to a head at... Um, trying to remember what the party was where they where they were all together it was just a party oh it wasn't for a holiday or anything well they're they're at a party and they're playing truth or dare and somebody i think it was was it patrick or patrick yeah someone dares charlie um to kiss the prettiest girl in the room yeah and (laughs) he decides to take his stand that he should have said something to mary elizabeth a long time ago but instead, he gets up and he walks over and he kisses Sam. Yeah. Patrick's mm. such a shit starter. It's so funny. Yeah. I love him. He's such a good character. Which uh, wreaks havoc on the interpersonal relationship of the group. Oh, yeah, yeah. It basically destroyed the group. Yeah. And uh, Charlie goes running outside. Like, everyone storms off. And Patrick's advice to Charlie is, like, you need to stay away from the group. Yeah. Until I tell you it's okay and just, like, let things die down. Mm. This was weird for me. I don't know if I could do that. Just like stay away and ignore everyone. And I don't know. I had a hard time with this. It's I, teenage politics. I guess so. I And I guess, you know, in the end we can get to that. It, that it sort of worked out. Mm-hmm. But would you guys have been able to do that? I'm, I'm a confrontational person. I would have had to go in there and talk. Yeah. Jeff totally would have stayed away. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, maybe if somebody was like, you really shouldn't be talking to her, I would be like, okay, whatever. But, um, I, would, I don't know. I would ha- have to just ruin all those relationships just forever just <laughs> so i can get some i don't know the other thing not not to change the subject because we we still have to move forward the book's not over yet but like he was tripping on lsd and how, how as a 14 year old how how the hell do you get that i don't know well they have that friend he gets it from bob bob who's yeah. older and i guess yeah, i wouldn't but, call him a drug dealer but he's definitely provider of their group yeah but there's also did i miss something or am i just not like remembering but like charlie's driving home at some point and like he's driving at 14 and like he's 16 when the book starts Is he's he? 15 and it, and it goes into i don't know if he stayed back or well, what i mean they never said his age back. but like freshmen are usually like 14 yeah, so he's 15. Oh, okay. And they do I talk was, about him I getting when his I was 13 to 14. They talk about him getting his license and then in hindsight they men- mentioned that he had his learner's permit. Oh, okay, so yeah. I, I didn't miss that yeah. part. Yeah. He he does have his license at uh at the point where he's driving around on LSD. Yeah. Um it, I mean it at 16 I've definitely known people that have taken harder if not Oh, I know. Drugs, I know, but, um, but like just a, a weird loner. Yeah. Um, but then we we also find out that I do love that reveal though, and he's like, and I'm never gonna do acid again or something like that at the end. Or that was the first time I ever did acid. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And we find out that his sister is pregnant. Yeah, yeah. This is a very dark and personal scene. Yes. So um it, it was revealed um I don't remember if she was at oh it was at the Saint dance. Hawkins yeah. dance. It was at the dance and um uh what was the name of her boyfriend? I don't remember. Um basically storms off and she she's crying and um Charlie goes to confront her and ask her, keeps on asking her what's wrong, and um that's when she finally reveals to him that uh he's pregnant. 
she or she's pregnant. pregnant. My bad. Yeah, and I think that the only reason <laughs> that junior the yeah. novelization. I, yeah. I think that the only reason that she does tell Charlie is because she knows she's gonna need a ride, and he's yeah. got that fresh driver's license. Yeah. So then, yeah, they take a little trip to the clinic. Uh, I I do love um the after uh she gets the abortion too is um the scene between the two of them um it just goes to show like how close they can be right um, she uh she yells at him that he's smoking and um she was like honestly like that's the first thing that you think of like after this huge emotional like <laughs> thing that you'll remember for the rest of your life and you're yelling at me for smoking or whatever and they they just both just start laughing yeah, they did a good job to show that although they may butt heads in a typical brother-sister teenager fashion, mm-hmm. they're still family and they still care about each other. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought that was really good, really important scene in the in the book. Then on to part four. There's uh, some pretty intense moments in this final part, uh, starting May 1992. Brad and Patrick, who are have been secretly been seeing each other, get caught by Brad's dad. Yeah. We should also say that Charlie is not having a good time with this sequestration from the group. Yeah, yeah. He's he's having his, his bad thoughts yeah, again. Yeah, he's sort of spiraling. Yeah. And when this starts to come out, um, he can see the interactions between Patrick and Brad in school and how Patrick is trying to confront Brad and have conversations with him and Brad is like pushing it off and ignoring right. him and stuff. And it comes to a head in the scene in the cafeteria where... Patrick throws all caution to the wind and he goes up to the jock table at lunch. Oh, yeah. I have experience with that. <laughs> and I don't know. We don't know what exactly he said. But as he was like dismissed by uh, Brad, Brad calls him the F word. Yeah. And uh, Patrick loses it and basically starts throwing punches. And then uh, the rest of the football team gangs up and starts beating up Patrick five on one. And then we get Charlie coming to the rescue. Which Charlie is, the ninja. Yeah, which is so Clawing funny. Clawing football players' eyes out, <laughs> yeah. dropping them to the floor. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he should be so super proud of those moves. <laughs> like, some of them, like, okay, but, um, I don't know, traditionally, like, clawing people's yeah, eyes but, out. Yeah, but he's not somebody that has, like, pride. He just yeah. wants to get these people off his friends. So, yeah, yeah, go for the balls. Go for the eyes. He's yeah. like uh, like a rabid animal. He's <laughs> like a little yeah. ferret. Who do you, you learned it from his brother, right? That's what he uh, says, yeah. yeah. And they, they reference an earlier fight where a kid was bullying him and picking on him, and Charlie decided to defend himself, and he clearly won that fight as well. Yeah. So that's an interesting dynamic to give to a character like this who's sort of quiet and like yeah, yeah. a wallflower, some would say. But then right at the end of the fight, Charlie like gets some big balls and goes up to Brad, and he whispers to him, if you do anything like this again, I'm going to tell everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like... That's the first time in the book where Charlie, like... He takes action. Yeah he, yeah, he did something. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy, guys. How crazy is it? It's crazy. Pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. And that sort of endears himself back with the group. Yes, that's right. Um, I couldn't remember if that was before or after, but yeah. And um, he's also really close with Patrick at, at I think, before this, too. Uh-huh. Um, they The two of them have been together a lot, and they've been driving around, and... Uh, they met the uh, the sports announcer at the at the park that uh, yeah. So I couldn't remember if this was before or after the fight. It was before, but Patrick is uh is definitely spiraling as well after you know his ending of his relationship with Brad. Brad yeah, and so he starts to make some questionable decisions. 
going to parks, meet yeah. some guys. A lot of drugs, a lot of yeah, drinking, a lot of drinking. Yeah, yeah. He takes Charlie cruising to some like questionable spots, and uh, um, then he also like tries to kiss Charlie, which is like weird. He's he's obviously well, he like, does a bad kiss person. Charlie, does. and then yeah, Charlie just accepts it. Yeah, but that's what I'm that saying. That was strange. Yeah, but uh, it goes to Charlie's whole thing of like. He's he, going to do anything for every, everybody else. Yeah, for he himself. literally will let himself suffer. And like just yeah. like his relationship with Mary Elizabeth, like Which he didn't want that. I could definitely not. Nah, I wouldn't take a kiss from a from a guy friend. I don't know about or I would have been like, but, uh, what's up? What's going on with that? Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting it. Charlie's not normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, he ends up back with the group. Uh, basically, Sam comes to him and says, like, she's happy that he stuck up for Patrick and you know, Mary Elizabeth has moved on. She's got a new boyfriend, which I'm sure has gone a long way yeah. to healing old wounds. Yeah, yeah. And and Sam has moved past it. She's not happy with the decision he made, but they moved past it. Yeah, so then we get towards uh, the end of the school year. And um, also, uh, we didn't really talk about it too, but um, uh, he, he does have this special relationship with his teacher, Bill. Um, and... Um, yeah, he like he, goes over his house for dinner. Yeah, so he eventually does go over his house because he's been providing Charlie with all these books that he's been talking about throughout the throughout the entirety of of this book. Yeah, and extra like reading. And yeah, there's a lot assignments. that we're skipping over, but there's a, there's a recurring theme with his teacher showing him books. Yeah, with Charlie and music, like yeah. specific bands like they're really into Kurt Cobain there's a huge part we skipped over a lot of the Smiths Mm -hmm. um it adds a lot of flavor to the story and really sets it in that time period Mm -hmm. yeah for sure but then um like Jeff said he goes over to his house and meets his uh teacher's girlfriend and stuff and he basically tells him Charlie like the whole reason I'm doing this for you because you're a really special kid and um I think that was just such a heartwarming moment for Charlie and um I don't know. I really liked it. And yeah, I'm sure he could sense that Charlie needed some attention. Yeah. And was just basically saying like, like you deserve this. You're the smartest kid I've ever had. And yeah, yeah. uh, I wanted to give you extra work because you could, you could handle it. Yeah. Uh, That just definitely seemed like a, I wish I had a teacher like that. Like I wish I had a relationship (laughs) with a teacher like that. So I don't know. I really liked that scene. And, um, he says that he made him feel special, and um, he was like, well, that was the first time I've heard that since I've heard it from my Aunt Helen, which yeah. we get into. But. Yeah, and th- there's a few more things before the, uh, the climax at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he finds out that Sam's thinking about going to the same college as his brother, so he gets excited. He can go visit his friend and his brother at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then prom happens, and since they're a little older uh, – He's just at home. Yeah, Charlie doesn't get to go. Yeah, he's being a wallflower. He he doesn't get to go to prom, and all his friends are going to prom, and yeah. he's kind of bummed out about it. I, I totally feel this. That happened to me my sophomore year. I was like, oh, all my friends are out having fun, <laughs> making memories, and I'm just kind of sitting here. Yeah, it was kind of lame. I mean, I guess this is how real life works, but they, everyone was involved in their little relationship, so no one could take Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Sam was dating that older guy. I super feel this. Craig and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, he just sort of sat there, and you could start to see his anxiety building about the end of the year and and when they're going to be leaving him and stuff like that. And Yeah, because after they leave, who does he have? Yeah. Yeah. And also, Sam reveals that she, in order to get into Penn, she had to go through a summer program. So she has to go early. Yeah, so yeah. she's leaving, like, the week after school. Yep. 
And then you find out that Sam's boyfriend, Craig, has been a serial cheater. Yeah, pretty much since he started dating her. Yeah. Uh, how sad is that? <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah, pretty scum, scum bucket move yeah, there. Yeah, this whole year he could have been with Sam. Yeah. And he wasn't. Yeah. Um, then they, Charlie and Sam, after the breakup, they're having a deep makeout sesh. And Sam wants a little bit more. She reaches for the joystick. Well, they have a really important <laughs> conversation, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about that. Where Sam sort of questions him, like, why didn't you ever try to go out with me? And part of me agrees with Charlie that she pretty clearly said, like... Yeah, but that's kind of just, like, don't, kids those age. Keep like, in mind, she's also an 18-year-old girl who yeah, right. doesn't or know what seven, she 17, wants. 17, 18, and whatever. She's she like, said I didn't that, really mean that. I wanted you to come after me. She also said that when they were first getting to know each other, and they've gone through a lot, and their relationship has evolved yeah. a lot, so he probably should have made a move. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it boils down to what she tells him, which is what Jimmy's alluded to, which is that he's so willing to put everyone's desires and wishes before his own that he's missing out on his whole life. Yeah. He's being a wallflower. He's watching the world go by him. And she's like, you should have just kissed me and, and stuff like that. So he finally decides as she's laying it on pretty thick. She's like, did you want to kiss me? And he just goes for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then as Jeff says, things, you know, are getting hot and heavy. She tries to move things downstairs and he's not having it. Nope. He has a little bit of a freak out. Yeah. He gets like pale as a ghost and uh, they're concerned about him. So he just goes to sleep on the couch. Yeah, he basically. sleeps it off. She's like, you know, she's reassuring him. It's okay. You know, if you're not ready for this and stuff like that, but uh, it's not, not going too well. Yeah. So then... Um, I don't remember how it was really revealed, but, um, oh, he has a dream. Um, and it was, uh, apparently his aunt Helen doing the same thing that, uh, Sam tried Sam to do. was doing. Yeah. And, uh, he was like, that's weird. I don't know why that was happening. And, but as he wakes up, I think he starts to come to the realization that that's not just a dream. Yeah. That's a suppressed memory that he's yeah. not too happy to be having again. So he goes home and, uh, I like the way it's written here. He's like, um, I was watching the TV, but the TV wasn't on. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like daydreaming. And yeah, you just realize that he's, he's having some sort of a breakdown or, or something like that. And the last letter before the epilogue, it really, to me, read like a suicide letter and it mirrored the beginning with Michael. So I thought that's where it was going to go. Mm hmm. We both mmmed at the same time. Yeah, we did. It was a it double was cool. mm. yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't real I didn't put that together. Uh I could kind of see that. I think he's more just describing in hindsight like that he was fully like melted down between his friends leaving right. and stuff. I mean, like that. I, I got that afterwards, but like when it was happening, I was like, Oh, this is this is pretty dark. Yeah, no. Well, thankfully it, it didn't go there, but yes. it, it was a very personal and, and touching farewell. Um, until we get to the epilogue where um, it was revealed that he was found by his parents naked watching TV, even though the TV wasn't on. Yeah. Um, and we just yad at the same time now. <laughs> yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. So uh, he, he spends two two months at the mental hospital uh, working through some some stuff. Seems uh, to be helping, though. Yeah, so it, it definitely seems to be helping, and he's getting visited by all of his, his friends and family and stuff, which is super helpful for him and just goes to show the relationships that he have are super genuine and stuff. 
he has a sort of a nice realization too about the situation with his aunt Helen, which is that um he's obviously upset that it happened. Yeah. But he has a level of forgiveness and says that he can't really blame her because he blames the generations of people that mm-hmm. how the abuse has traveled down their family. Right. Yeah. So this is where in retrospect a lot of the fa- familial stuff that yes. we're given Comes really makes play. a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. I still think it was a little bit much. I think you could have gotten that. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot. But uh I think it was meant to be there for flavor. I mean and then we sort of the book sort of just ends, which I don't know. What did you guys think of the ending? Um, I think it definitely goes through his journey into uh, trying to participate more. Uh, he basically says, like, for the next year, I'm not going to have any of my, any of my friends, but I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, which I feel is a huge step for the character. I mean, he goes through, like, a hell of a year, and he's saying, like, you know, next year it's probably not going to be the same, but it's going to be okay because all this stuff happened, and you never know what could happen for the next year, so... What do you think his future is going to be with uh, Patrick and Sam, Jeff? I think that they'll have one. You know, I mean, people, they are a few years apart. um, But that doesn't necessarily matter. Look at me and you, Dan. Yeah. I mean. And we never kissed. No, but we also (laughs) didn't go anywhere after high school. That's true. I mean, I'm on the fence because, sure, at the end of the epilogue, it seems like Sam is engaged with him. They're writing letters. They're talking about visiting and stuff. But there is that moment when she initially leaves, which I believe is in the last, you know, letter before the epilogue. Mm-hmm. And um she he says it doesn't feel like see you later, it feels like goodbye. Yeah. I, I, I could feel that it's just his anxiety taking over at that point. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I think that probably like the way I was left was that it was a mo- more realistic ending. Do I yes. think they're gonna end up married and living together forever happy? No. But I think that Sam and Patrick will probably stay in his life long enough for him to be okay. Like Jimmy said, like, Hmm. I think he needs them now still, but eventually like if his mental health continues to correct, Mm -hmm. they'll probably fade out in a natural way. Like many. Well, yeah, I mean, friends do. the internet wasn't around back then, but if we didn't have the internet now, I talked to two or three people from high school still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm connected to a bunch through different social media, but like, I don't see a lot of people from high school at all. Yeah. And I think that's a natural thing. And like I said, throughout this book, he, they were his only lifeline. He was, he was in bad shape before he met them and he was in, he's in pretty bad shape now towards the end, Mm -hmm. but there's some light on the horizon. So maybe they're sort of like his lifeline just to get him through this spell. And now that he's improving his mental health, he can get on a normal course and, you know, make friends in a normal way. I'd agree. So do we have any overall thoughts about the book? Uh, Yeah, I think that it was, I like that it was from his perspective mm-hmm. um, because you're seeing everything from the wallflower's point of view. And just like Dan mentioned, like you don't know how other people actually are reacting. So you don't know what Sam is thinking. You don't know what Mary Elizabeth is thinking. You just know what he knows. Mm-hmm. And you that know. was a plus for you. Yeah. I, I, I like that perspective. Right. Yeah. Cause like the movie might be different. I don't know. Um, but I did like that aspect of the storytelling because you're just through this kid's eyes and you, to me for a long time i thought that he was you know on the spectrum or just socially awkward or something um so that was interesting and it it showed a transition even without like the drugs or anything because i've never participated in any of that mm-hmm. but it showed a transition um going through high school that's a 
a weird part in a lot of people's lives um socially or just whatever mm-hmm. it's it is a turning point um it, it also feels natural too, like his entire journey throughout even just one year um it, yeah. maybe it's a little sped up but like going from weed to lsd i mean that, that's kind of like a, a huge jump but um i don't know it, it definitely feels very natural to me i like the story i'm sort of torn on the structure um there's things about it i like i like the perspective <clears throat> like jeff said um that you get a lot of his inner thought and i i actually like at first the letter writing nature of it was a little jarring for me but i i ended up liking it because as i've alluded to in past episodes i'm not a great reader mm-hmm. i'm a slow reader so having a natural stopping point like every couple pages every was, every love charlie you can just stop yeah, yeah it was like it it was helpful for me the thing that i didn't like about it was that he's an unreliable narrator yeah i don't know because i don't trust his perspective on the world or on the other people that he's dealing with mm-hmm. i don't know if he's understanding his interactions in the truest form i could see that but but the author did a good job showing that because it showed like oh this person reacted this way i don't know why they did that but you're still you're still getting it he did but i kind of wanted more in certain circumstances like um i'm i guess by the end it is clear but in the act of reading there were certain things that i was questioning like when he was kissing patrick i'm like oh is this going to be a thing is he sort of interested in this or or like we said about his aunt helen it took a long time for you to realize even what their relationship was Mm -hmm. besides the big reveal at the end it's hard to tell how close they were why he has all these feelings about her things like that so yeah it was uh it i was mixed on it okay well I have a little question. This is a show called Talk Me Into. So I got to ask a big question. You just said it's a little uh, question. Is it a little question or is it a big question? I think it's a big question. Okay. This is a big one for me. I believe you. I think after reading this, this is probably, I've I've always come to realize, I'm kind of like Charlie, every book that I read is my favorite book, but I would say this is probably my favorite book. Oh, wow. So Dan and Jeff, did I talk you into the perks of being a wallflower? Yes. Oh, that's split. And usually Dan's a negative one. I did not think that it would go out this way. Interesting. All right. Jeff, why didn't he talk you into it? I didn't didn't have yes or no coming into this conversation. Mm. I was still split. I wanted to see where this talk was going to take me. Um, And while our conversation, it made me like it a little bit more. It didn't do enough for me to get to yes. Okay. you would never consider watching the movie. I'm very curious about the movie and I might watch it out of curiosity. Mm. But as for the book, this is it's a weird question to ask for like one thing. Right. So when we do one book, it's kind of did I talk you into this? Are you going to reread it? Probably not. Even if I liked it, I don't know if I'd reread it. Would yeah. you recommend it to a friend who's never read it? No, mm. um, I it was well written. Um everything the author did a good job at the book it's not a bad book by any means Mm -hmm. um i just did not it's not for you i did not like any of the characters really um while some things were relatable uh a lot of the relationship stuff i was like oh wow that's that's pretty real and a lot of like the the clicks in high school there was a part where um charlie asked patrick are we the same as the jocks with different clothes like that's that's relatable yeah and we mm-hmm. even talked about that in i think it was either this episode or the Dari episode all this high school stuff <laughs> um gets me confused i don't know um i just 
wasn't I, enough for you. Yeah, it didn't it didn't do enough for me. It did keep me engaged, but it's it's a no, Jim. I'm sorry. I'll accept that. So I was talked into it. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's like one of my favorite books or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would recommend it for people, especially someone like Jimmy. If Jimmy hadn't read this book, I'd be like, hey, Jimmy, you would like this book. Yeah. Because it does seem like it's right up his alley. It, yeah, it's for sure. So I guess the two things that boiled down to it being a yes for me was I would recommend it to people, especially like maybe like teenagers or young adults, things mm-hmm. like that, if they've never read it. I think it is an interesting look at... Um, you know, how you can struggle with the difficulties of the pressures of high school and mental health issues and get through the other side with the help of friends and family. Um, the other thing is I do really want to see the movie. I like I like the actors who are in it. Yeah. And I would like to see the perspective of the guy who wrote the book making a movie. Mm-hmm. What he thinks... That intrigues me. Like, if, if yeah. he wasn't involved, I might say no, but I'm curious to see how it's... Like, I want to see what Sam and Patrick's face looks like when Charlie gives them their Christmas presents. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the type of thing that I want to see. Maybe it is enhanced more because I have seen the movie since I've read it initially. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, the second time reading it, I I can solemnly say that it's it's probably my favorite book. Okay. So, I'm happy. Uh, I'll take what I I get. Yeah. I've never had a split before. It's kind of good. I don't know. Um, you know, Jim, a few episodes ago, we had a split decision. Did we? We did. Oh, we did. Jeff was trying to talk you and I into Weird Al Yankovic. And I said, yes. And I said, I need another episode. That's right. Correct. So what I have heard, the rumor is, you guys have been working together secretly. Nope. Jeff no. did most of this. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're working on it. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be all set by next episode. But I hear that the next episode is going to be the part two. Part oh, yeah. two. We're getting weirder. We're getting... Aller. Aller. We're getting Yankovicker. Okay. <laughs> There's going to be everything that Dan said he liked amplified. There's going to be a playlist on Spotify with some wild songs that I thought might be too crazy to talk a new Al fan into him. I'm yeah. crazy, though. Um, we are going to be watching... His 1989 movie UHF. Oh boy. Which he wrote and starred in. And I think we should watch that together. We'll talk about it. And there's going to be a YouTube playlist with a bunch of videos because he's done a lot of stuff um, over the years from being ca- in cameos in TV shows, mm-hmm. in movies. He's had his own TV sho- shoes, <laughs> uh, which he wore on TV. They're yeah. specifically designed <laughs> to be on television. Um, I hope you're not going to bury me, Jeff. Not going to bury you. It's not going to be more than other episodes that we've done. It's going to be it's going to be a good amount. We're going to have a lot of fun, and I'm going to get that yes. I'm going to squeeze that yes right out of you. I'm going to okay. wring it out like a dirty rag. So I'm assuming that you're going to put links and yeah, playlists. It'll and all, all be in the show. It'll be in the show notes for here. It'll be in next week's show notes, and next week we will talk more about um, what we're going to have you watch, and then we're going to watch it. And let's be honest here. I didn't give you an answer last time. No, it was it was a maybe. So this episode, I'm going to give you an answer. It's it's a yes or a no. And this is the culmination and possibly ending of our friendship. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been wanting this for a long time. Oh, very long time. I was hoping you would say no so I didn't have to do this show anymore. Yeah, so <laughs> for the next episode, check out that Weird Al stuff that Jeff's posting. And if Possibly you didn't, the last episode of Talk Me yeah. Into. <laughs> and if you didn't hear the first episode, go back a couple and listen to Jeff try to talk Jimmy and I. Spoiler alert, he succeeded on talking Jimmy into Weird Al. In the meantime, 
Jimmy, where can people find the show online? They can find the show at TalkMeInto on Twitter and TalkMeInto at gmail.com if you feel so inclined. You can send us an email and uh, we'll read it on the show. I mean, hopefully, if it's not like racist or anything, we, Ooh, won't, we won't read that. I don't, but, we haven't uh, got one of those yet. Is there a reason why? <laughs> no, but I don't know. This is 2019, baby. Trump's oh, yeah. America. Woo. Um uh yeah so you can do that i just oh, went off the course <laughs> and also like is on facebook if you're not a trump bot um and then um or a russian bot whatever same thing yeah same thing redundant. um and Talk you can also is our website Jen. oh yeah that too you can also go there and, and uh, patreon.com slash talk me into become a patron give us a couple dollars and we'll give you some cool stuff we've done yes great I'm on Twitter under the name Danny underscore breakdown. Jimmy, where can people find you? I'm at son of a fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter and Instagram. Jeff, how about you? I am on Instagram at large hardon collider. It's like the large hadron collider, but it's not. And Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? The weirdest of all owls. 